0: Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. I have the honor today of hosting a podcast on a day when Germany actually won a game. Did not really take away all the complaints that we had from the last few games. So It was a much improved and much more determined performance. But before getting into the game, let's look at the lineups. Portugal started with a back four, like many of us wanted Germany to start with. And uh, they went with Rui Patricio in goal, our friend uh, Semedo in the back four alongside Pepe, Ruben Diaz, and Rafa Guerrero. They went with Pereira and Carvalho in their double pivot with Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, and Diego Chata. They're attacking three behind Ronaldo. Germany went with the exact same lineup as their first game against France. Joachim Love is a stubborn man, we know that, but at least Thomas Müller was in the team, which which would turn out to be great, but more on that later. So, just to recap, Manuel Neuer in goal, Tony Rudiger, Mats Hummels, Matthias Ginter, the back three, Robin Gosens, Tony Kroos, Ilkay Gundogan, Joshua Kimmich, The midfield five of sorts, Müller, Gnabry, Havertz. uh, The front three with uh, Gnabry the most forward. So Germany came out like they wanted to make the crowd in Munich proud of them. In a grand stadium where Germany's most storied uh, club team plays, they really started like they wanted to make everyone on the ground proud. The first goal could have come as early as the fourth minute, but it wasn't to be because Serge Gnabry was deemed to be offside and interfering with play. Had he not interfered, that goal would have stood from Robin Gosens. Now, Gosens has taken a lot of flack from his fans, more so than he has from journalists, I guess. But while we know that he's blessed undeniably with speed he didn't really do much of note in the first game at least for me I just felt like he really struggled to create anything of note against France despite the fact that we know France's defense is of a high quality um we have Luca Hernandez and Benjamin Pava in Bayern so we watch them on a regular basis but even then it was quite disheartening And plus, Gossens might have gotten suspended uh, for this game because of a penalty box incident in the first game, but UEFA did not look further into that matter. So, moving forward, and I thought this might happen, Germany's back three looked really open. And they were really not blessed with speed, considering we're talking about Tony Rudiger, Mats Hummels, and Matthias Ginter. Now, they're all three very good defenders in their own right. Hummels is a ball-playing defender on top of that, and Ginter is much more solid than people give him credit for. for. Yeah, Borussia Mönchengladbach had a really leaky back line this season, but I really think Matthias Ginter deserves more credit than he is given. And that's why Barcelona are looking for him, although judging by Barcelona's recent transfers, one cannot say that just because Barcelona is looking into a player, he is of the gold standard. So, as would happen... um, I mean, there was a great overlapping run from Ginter in the 10th minute. And Serge Gnabry from the beginning had Ruben Dias's number today. And uh, he really looked like the Gnabry on fire that we know that he can be when he is absolutely on point for Bayern in some games. Uh, It's been a long season for him, interrupted by COVID. But um, we all know what Gnabry can do. Unfortunately, it would be Portugal who would open the scoring. I wasn't aware of this before the game, but apparently Miraclosa holds the record for the highest number of World Cup and uh, Euro goals together, which is 19. I mean, I barely remember Miraclosa goals in the Euros. He wasn't really a prolific scorer in the Euros. More prolific than Thomas Muller, who doesn't have a single goal in the Euros. But, you know, he just wasn't a big-time Euro guy. So, apparently Ronaldo was looking for that record, and he had never scored... um, against Germany. But as so would happen, Bernardo Silva would open up uh, the German back three with a ball over the top. Oh my god, this was so reminiscent of Bayern. It would miss the back three completely. It would fall to Diego Jota. It is a script I have, I felt like I have mentioned a thousand times. I feel like I'm reading this and by now I have this memorized, although that's not the case. Jota would set up Ronaldo unselfishly with a simple pass, and Ronaldo would tap it in for the simplest of goals that you can imagine, although part of being a striker is being in the right place at the right time. But when Ronaldo scores tap-ins, commentators seem to think that is the greatest thing in the world. So, anyway, at that point, Germany are 1-0 down, and I'm thinking to myself, that's tough luck, because they really did start the game well. But Germany has looked soft recently. This is no secret since the 2017 confederations cup final against chile where a favorite of mine Lars Lindel, scored they haven't really looked great so i thought well let's see what happens i saw Gnabry try to switch flanks for a little bit 15 minutes through the game uh robin gosens took a shot from uh midfield around the 17 minute although i think he should have passed that ball into the box but either way that didn't matter because again serge Gnabry undid the Portugal back line and uh, almost missed a header by shade in the 24th minute. And finally, Germany would find their goal in the 34th minute thanks to some really sharp play from the wingbacks, including uh, Robin Gosens. I think it was Kimmich who played the ball into the box for uh, Gosens to get to. But either way, has did a wonderful job of collecting, setting up Kai Havertz, and Ruben Diaz put the ball in the back of the net. But to me, it seems like Diaz was taking a lot of flack because it was just one of those unavoidable situations where if he doesn't get that perfect, I don't even know like if he can really stop it going in. Havertz is getting that goal. So 34th minute, 1-1. Germany really look on the front foot. And within a minute... Muller gets a try, um, but not much comes off it. And then, around the 38th minute, uh, Joshua Kimmich reminds us that he can be world-class in every single position that he tries. You know, He uh, looks for Gnabry, but the ball ends up in the back of the net. And at this point, Germany are 2-1 up. Uh, Gnabry now has a solo run as halftime is approaching, and um, you think he's going to score. I feel like he should have passed to Muller right at the end of his move, but he chose not to, and he produced a good save from Roy Patricio. The second half comes on. Robin Gussens does a wonderful job of setting up Kai Havertz in the 51st minute. Judging by Havertz's reaction, this is something he does every day, but either way, it was Germany's first goal of their own in the tournament, and Germany was 3-1 up at this point seemingly home-and-dry but not really home-and-dry because don't forget the German backline but In the 60th minute Robin Gossens would cap off a wonderful performance with a great header Now I credit Thomas Muller a lot with this because his nifty sort of ball found Kai Havertz Who found Joshua Kimmich who hugged the byline played in a beautiful cross and uh, Gosen's headed it in. Uh, afterward, 4-1, they looked sort of comfortable. Portugal still were trying to attack. By the way, Renato Sanchez made a big difference for Portugal. When he came on, he seemed to run the show for them. And he was probably single-handedly their best player, I think. Maybe I'm slightly biased. Also, Renato was playing in a stadium. He knows. But, you know. So... Eventually, Joachim Love would do Joachim Love things. He would take off Max Hummels for his teammate, Emre Chan. Emre Chan is a favorite of um, Joachim Love, like Sammy Kadira was in 2018. Um, Robin Gosens went off, and uh, Marcel Halstenberg came on. Now, normally, I like that Leipzig backline. I like Clusterman. I like Halstenberg. But Halstenberg really, really did not look that great. Like, he did. He, he looked a bit rusty for me, and I don't think he was definitely the right person to bring on. But anyway, Germany would concede the second, inevitably, 66-67 minutes in, zero defending, absolutely zero defending, led to Ronaldo setting up Diego Jota. Goal was almost ruled out for offside, but Jata did not touch the ball before he eventually got it back from Ronaldo, so onside it stayed, and um, 4-2 at this point now love then made two very big substitutions, which I thought impacted the game. He brought on Leon Goretzka and, and everyone's favorite, well, my favorite, Niklas Zule, for Ilkay Gundogan and Kai Havertz. And Goretzka immediately added so much pace to that midfield. Sanchez hit um, hit the post. And uh, Nor could have done nothing about it if that had uh, gone in. And shortly after, Goretzka hit the post and both efforts had they gone and would have been worthy goals Goretzka just added a dimension and now i just i don't see how Love can really play Gundogan in the final game he has to go if he's going to stick with Tony Crows and if he's going to stick Kimmich um at wing back then he has to has to go with Goretzka in that midfield he's just too powerful a midfield player to not do that um Eventually, Gnabry came off for Leroy Zane, who had a very nice moment toward the end when Germany could have gotten a fifth. Uh, Rüdiger gave the ball away shortly after Gnabry was taken off, and um, Matthias Ginter, who again had a very good game today, had to bail him out. So the final score was 4-2, with Germany scoring two of their goals and the other two coming off of own goals from Ruben Dias and... uh, Rafa Guerrero. So, overall, this was a much improved performance. This was just so much better than what we saw in the first game. Offensively, they were much more fluid. Defensively, I thought they were okay. Now, if you can score four or five every game, great. Like, uh, this is turning into a Bayern Munich story where, listen, if you're scoring ten goals at the other end, it doesn't matter if your opponent gets five at their end and whatnot with slight like exaggeration here of course but i still think there's a lack of stability there is definitely like the back four or the back three is an issue and um i had taylor tolman on commentary um at my end and uh he made a big point about Zulu's speed and i think it is important to have nicholas zule in a back three because he may be the fastest uh defender that Germany had. Gosen's uh, speed was extremely valuable today. The first game he, he had the speed but he didn't really do much of, no, today he used that speed and his ability to great advantage. I don't know if he was named man of the match but I wouldn't be surprised if he was. It was, after a long time, after a very long time, it was such a satisfying performance from Germany. Uh, I don't I'm not 100% sure who it was, but someone mentioned during the game that the crowd in Munich were used to performances like that because they were used to watching Bayern. And a lot of the times today, it felt like with the interchangeable parts, despite the different formation, that I was watching Bayern. It was it was really good. And now Germany you know, holds, holds their own fate In their hands going into the final match against Hungary. By the way, Hungary will be no pushovers. Extremely unlucky to lose to Portugal in the opener. I'm very happy that they got a point today. Uh, I'm a fan of quite a few of the Hungary players, including Willy Orban, who probably, to an extent, was at fault for the goal that uh, Griezmann scored in that game. The tying goal that led to the 1-1 draw. But uh, they have a few good players. Uh, they have Roland Cholloy, I believe, of Freiburg, who was uh, very good today. I believe he set up the goal. And they have a lot going for them. Yes, the game will be in Munich. Yes, Germany should make home advantage count. But let's go back to the World Cup in 2018. And when Germany beat Sweden with that last-minute Tony Kroos free kick in the second game, everyone thought, okay, Germany will go on to beat South Korea now and qualify. That did not happen. Of course, very different circumstances. Today, the performance was great. And honestly, I did not think Germany were that poor against France. I thought they played credibly well enough. They did more than I expected them to do against the French, although attacking-wise, they really couldn't find any great lanes. Um, final points. Thomas Muller has made a huge difference. For one of the goals, I don't remember which one. His first cross, he missed. So he literally... Uh, He got the ball right on the second cross, and that eventually led to the goal. There was a small, tiny pass he played, I think, for the third goal that sort of opened up the defense. Muller does not need to score. Muller does not even need to be the person providing the main assist. But you can see him spreading uh spreading play you can see him shouting instructions along with joshua Kimmich. you can see his influence out there and no matter who says what about max Hummels, i think he's a much more improved player um i'm sorry I, i think he's a much more better player than people gave him credit for even at this age uh he's slow he was not always i don't ever remember him being particularly fast but he really is a very very quality defender um in fact, all three of the German back three are quality defenders. They just lack pace. Um, like I said, I, I really like Matthias Ginter. And then Tony Rudiger is coming off of a good season. I can't deny that. Uh, whatever my personal preferences for the center backs may be. And no matter how much I want Niklas Zule to be back there. Um, those are all my thoughts for this game. I, I'm really surprised by this. I didn't see this coming. But... Joachim love is still at fault for a lot of the negativity surrounding this team. And if they go out in the group stages, I think he'll still be at fault for being stubborn. But at the same time, there was something about today which showed a great determination for this team to go through. There still holes the plug. But as long as everyone can stay fit, or almost everyone, with Leon Goretzka coming in, I think things do change, even if the back three stays as it is. So... um that's it from me i hope you enjoyed the game i'm exhausted after the game it just felt like the minutes just flew and germany were either attacking and about to score or at risk of being scored on today like it just it just went by it sort of reminded me of the Bayern psg game the first leg where the 90 minutes just flew by and you didn't even know where the time went all right folks um Take care. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the rest of your day. This, this is me, Samrin from Bavarian Podcast Works. You can find us at Bavarian FB Works. You can find um, you can find Jake at Jefferson Fenner. You can find Chuck at the Barra Blog. You can find Tom at Tommy Adams seventy one. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.